yeah, so I've, I've not installed Monterey at all. I, I had big plans for it. I had um, my old, uh, in inverted commas, 27-inch iMac was going to be my testing machine for it. And just for various reasons, I never got around to it and gave up on the idea, really. But you've, you've done it, Rob, which is why I can't see you today. Yeah. Um, I don't normally do the betas, but seeing as we're pretty much near release candidate stage, possibly, uh, I thought I'd give it a go. So I'm running all the betas because I wanted to try out all of the cool stuff that they showed off at WWDC. Which now isn't coming. Which now isn't coming, apparently. Yeah, so Universal Control, which was one of the standout features, you know, where uh, Craig yep. dragged a window from... What, what, what did he, from an iMac, from an iMac through a, a MacBook Air to an iPad yeah. or something, wasn't he, it? he put a MacBook in the middle for no reason whatsoever, just, just to show that it would go through it. <laughs> it's, it's, it, was a, it was a cool demonstration, but yeah. as far as I'm aware, it hasn't appeared in any betas and uh, is almost certainly not going to be ready for launch. That's quite worrying if, it, if that's the case, because that's the one thing that I was excited about. The rest of it was kind of like, okay, interesting. Because from the sidelines, because I've not really... The, the only beta that I've got is um, iPad OS 15, which is running on my um, big 12.9-inch uh, MacBook... Uh, not MacBook, um, iPad Pro. Um, and on that, I, I literally only use that device for Lightroom now, so I don't really see any of iPad OS, really. Um, mm. But from the sidelines... All they seem to have been doing is faffing around with tabs in Safari. I guess I guess there's been more to it than that. But to hear that these big wow, features yeah, yeah, are they, on the they way moved out. the uh, the address bar, didn't they? Yeah, in Safari because it used to float and everyone got upset about that, and so now it sort of appears as a block at the bottom. But you can also put it back at the top if you like. So right. yeah, they've been doing they've done something at least. But yeah, but the idea that some of these other things are, are not ready yet is that, that bothers me big time. Uh, well, well, so like got? Private Relay, yep. that was quite exciting, wasn't it? The sort of uh, Tor-style privacy b- built into uh, um, Safari. That is going to be an opt-in beat. So it's not going to be... It was, it's supposed to be sort of part of the iCloud, the new iCloud, iCloud Plus thing that we have now that gives you a bunch of cool new stuff doesn't it yeah Yeah. um so that is going to be an opt-in beta rather than an official rollout um and then there's the ability to use your own domain with icloud which Mm. you can set up now but only via the icloud website it hasn't sort of made its way into any of the operating systems yet i don't know maybe maybe it never will, but I'm, I'm sure I, I got the impression that it was just going to be a standard, you know, like hide my email and yeah. it's just going to be built in and you could set it up from wherever you are. But at the moment, you can only do it via the iCloud website. Um, and SharePlay, that was present in a few betas, but they've taken that out. And so that's not going to be ready for launch either, you know, where you can sort of watch hmm. stuff together with other people. And I think they have confirmed uh, that that isn't coming, haven't they? That That is the one of one part of all this that they have actually met I, I seem to remember someone saying that Craig Federigo or someone has kind of admitted that it's not quite ready yet yeah so that's not coming there, mm. there was the legacy contacts feature wasn't there where, where you could for, for you know in the event of your death you could uh, oh yeah get you know a nominated person would 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 be able to access your stuff that's not going to be ready yet there's that the app privacy report that's not going to be there at launch okay um and 3D maps in CarPlay is not going to be ready at launch. So mm. uh, I'm not sure 
what is going to be ready from what they from what they showed at WWDC. I think the, the biggest disappointment, definitely for me, is is universal control because that looks. It's either going to be one of those things that I I use for a couple of times and and just kind of you know wowed by it and then never use it ever again, or genuinely it's going to be something that's very useful. I think I think it would be the latter, but yeah, if it's not coming yet, that's yeah. And, uh, the other worry is that they never arrive. If they quietly drop things, I sometimes wonder. I, I can't think of any examples of where this has happened, but I think it has. Um, it always happens with software, doesn't it? Where something something gets announced and then never never actually arrives. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, what's it, what's been your general experience with Monterey though? It's been nice. Yeah. It works because um, I'm running all of the betas. I think my favourite thing about the new um, operating system suite mm. across all the devices is the focus groups. It's so yes. handy just being able to set do not disturb on one device and then it just propagates to all of your other devices associated with that iCloud account. Yeah, I, I really like that. When I, I used that briefly on iPadOS 15 and um, yeah, that, that was a bit of a standout feature. Uh, although obviously I, I didn't have the, the syncing between devices, which I, I guess that's where it probably comes alive really. Uh, like you know, Before this podcast, I have to silence about three different um, three or four different devices so um yeah, yeah i think so I, I don't have, i've got a pre a pre-podcast routine oh, awesome. for me now because because everything's running um the, the betas it yeah i only have to do it on one and then it goes to everything which oh, is really nice because yeah you always forget one something of course and you then do. you've got noise going off in the middle of a recording and it's a nightmare it's normally the discord server yeah <laughs> yeah okay so nothing kind of groundbreaking really nothing nothing to get massively excited about um in terms of day-to-day use i think the the thing i've the other thing that i like so fo- the focus group feature it, it's not the focus group the the, the focus yeah was it called focus group it's focus um, mode focus mode i think isn't it yeah the focus mode feature in and of itself is is just a really handy feature just being able to sort of set a context and then mm. have notifications appear or not appear as you see fit that's really cool. But the fact that it propagates to all of your other devices is super handy and it is genuinely benefiting me on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. The other thing that I really like is uh, iPhone apps on iPad because there are still a few apps that I, I, I like to use and I might not have my phone on me or whatever and I've got them on the iPad. And it always used to be that when you opened an iPhone app on the iPad, it would open in portrait mode. Right. Yeah. wouldn't it yeah it would yeah and that was grim I spent, well p- particularly since i got the magic keyboard so i like 90 percent of the time i'm using my ipad in landscape but now it will open up your iphone apps in landscape i mean it'll be the dimensions it'll be portrait dimensions but it, at least it won't be rotated 90 degrees if that makes sense it, it, does, it, yeah. it opens up in in a way that is appropriate for the orientation of your device as, as as you're looking at it so that's really nice excellent yeah i i find i mean i, I probably wouldn't use that but i can see why that would be quite quite useful for people but you don't use any iphone apps on your ipad i don't purely because they're not made for the ipad natively and i have this thing where i just don't like i just don't like the fact that i'm actually running an ipad sorry not an iphone app on the on the ipad um, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't love it, but there are just certain apps that, you know, if like some of my uh, utilities, you know, so companies that I pay on a monthly basis yep. don't necessarily have 
a dedicated iPad app, but I might just want to go in and check my bill or you know change something or do whatever. And it's just it's quite handy just to have those there. And it was it was just annoying that I would have to take the iPad out of the Magic Keyboard in order to to do it. Yeah, look at it or turn my head on the, on the, to one side. <laughs> so that's that's really nice. Hmm. Well. It's we'll, we'll see what happens. See what see what happens come the release. But um, I don't feel like I've missed out really. I really don't. I don't think you have. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah all, all, uh, I, off the top of my head, I can't think what's radically different. No. And all of the things that were radically different aren't going to be ready at launch. So yeah, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait a bit. I mean, I do. I like the new safari redesign that's quite nice i was gonna say I, I quite like it as well it's that i didn't mind the tabs stuff the the, the first iteration of that on the on the ipad it, i thought that worked quite well and um, it was a bit odd you know you, you kind of lost context occasionally in terms of where you were but i liked what they were doing with it it was quite inventive uh, one thing that surprised me is that i'm running all the beta so it's not just mac and ipad mm. i've got the watch os beta i've got the tv os beta um and just a couple of things that surprised me was the uh, the portrait face, which I scoffed at when I saw it. I was like, oh, "Okay, great." I've you know, I've always wanted to make people's faces bigger in uh, in photos <laughs> on my watch, but um, I tried it out. It's really nice. It, it gets. I mean, sometimes it gets it spectacularly wrong, but if you get the right photos, mm. it's it's actually quite cool. It's one of those things you sort of use it, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. That's quite nice." Is this where you can put someone's face on the watch and it, it kind of cleverly places the time slightly behind it so it gives a bit of like depth to the to That's the exactly that, yeah. Yeah, that is quite cool. It looked good in, 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 the, in the demo, but I can imagine it probably does get it wrong if you don't have the right photo. Yeah, it, do, it does get it wrong, but when it gets it right, it's uh, it looks really cool. Um, so I'm looking at it now, in fact, and uh, yeah, no, I like it. Does it ever get it comically wrong so you can't see the time at all? Just um, no, so it's it's clever enough to uh, to if you try and put some photos into the the, the portrait photo album. So there's a you know you you point at an album and it'll say this this photo is no good because you're going to obscure the time completely or you know to a certain degree. So I don't I don't know what the what the threshold is, but uh, it will not let you add photos that will definitely obscure the time I mean, that kind of neatly brings us on to the iphone event doesn't it uh, or what we assume is the iphone event interestingly enough i mean everyone assumes that's what it is imagine if it wasn't imagine if it was something like the apple car um that would be a that'd be a surprise wouldn't it it's not going to be obviously it's going to be the iphone but um so at the time of recording this year, but like following on from last week when we were talking about transport as a service they apple are going to get in on that oh for yeah sure absolutely too right just not next week, I don't think. But not, um, not next week. No, it's, yeah, it's going to be mostly iPhone. I mean, in previous years, they didn't used to have two separate events. So last year we had a September event and an October event, didn't we? Or an October event and a November. I can't remember. But there was one that was dedicated to the portable devices, and then another one that was dedicated to the uh, the proper computers. Mm. Yep. Do we think that, that we're going to see any of that? I'm this not year? sure. I really don't. I mean, obviously, I mean, joking apart, next week will be iPhone. I think next week, next week will be iPhone and Apple Watch. I, I'm not convinced we'll see anything else. I don't think we'll see new Macs next week. In fact, I'm convinced we won't. Um, mm. I'm also not entirely convinced we're going to see any Macs this year. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know why, but I, I just get the impression, I think because all of the rumours are so all over the place, and they have been for the last 18 months or so, um, 
clearly there's nothing that solid coming from the supply chain. Um, I just get uh, just a feeling, that's all it is really, that we're probably not going to see anything significant Mac-wise until first quarter of next year, I think. Um, for, uh, I guess... Semiconductor shortage. I was just about thing, to say that. I, mean, I don't know if you saw Intel bought up all of TSMC's capacity. Oh, wow. No, I didn't of see all, that. Of all, of <laughs> Intel, of all people. Yeah, I think they, they swooped in and uh, just bought up all the all the spare capacity that they had. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I wonder if a lot of it is, d- is down to that, because Apple don't want to run short, do they? They don't want to announce a, a big new MacBook design and redesign and, um, and be unable to fulfil orders. And typically they don't talk about this sort of stuff. They, they, you know, they're, not, they're not blaming chip shortages and, and what have you, but it's happening. And I think, as you and I know, it's a massive problem across all sorts of industries. So I don't know, I think you put kind of combine that and whatever else is going on behind the scenes at Apple at the moment. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anything significant Mac related towards the end of this year, but I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, but any, yeah, I mean, uh, any, anything to show off anything on the iPad, maybe something cool you can do with the M1 iPad. I really finally. doubt it. I really doubt it. I'd, I would absolutely love that. I mean, that, that would be an amazing way to finish the year, but I can't see it. Robert. I, I think mm. at most we'll see something at WWDC for that maybe next year. Yeah. But, and that will be a preview. I think on it, um, yeah, it's going to be iPhone, Apple Watch, maybe, I know Justin on the um, Discord server mentioned services, which was quite a good point, actually. Um, obviously, that's it's such a, a growth area for Apple. Um, there'll, there'll be something there, I think. But but again, I think, as, as I've mentioned, and as I've kind of written and talked about recently, I, I just can't get excited about this new iPhone. I really can't. A lot of people are feeling that way. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to... Well, it might have a bigger battery... So, you know, better battery life. It'll have a, you know, the fastest processor ever. Might have a smaller notch. Mm. The, the pro models will probably have a pro motion display. Other than that, I don't know what. I mean, the, the uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the leaks of the the cases, but the, the camera bump is supposed to be quite a bit larger. As, as someone that understands photography, what what will what benefits will that bring? So, if you've got bigger lenses and I, I, mm. I imagine that they'll that'll be faster as well and to sort of a lower f value because what are they at the moment like 1.7 or something it's i think eight i think isn't it or something like that f 1.4 yeah so a slightly wider aperture um but like having a bigger lens is that gonna i mean they're i'm i remember saying something about astrophotography because that's kind of the the competitors are all pushing this ability to take pictures of the night sky, mm. which you can't really do on an iPhone at the moment. So, so I think they're going to do something along those lines, aren't they? And that, the, the, the invite, because, you know, they always sort of put some Easter eggs in. Mm. I don't know if you noticed that yep. you can see it's got quite a nice sky in the, in the, in the invite. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that really, but yeah, maybe they will do something on, along those lines. I still think that's one of those things that it, it'd be a very impressive technical demonstration. If they, I mean, if anyone's ever tried to do astrophotography, I've, I've messed about with it. It's so difficult. Um, and obviously you always need a clear sky, which we don't tend to get in the UK very often. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of thing would be one of those, sim- a little bit like the um, the Dolby Vision thing. You know, incredibly impressive that they've packed it into this little device, but no one's going to use it really. Um, this is the sort of thing you try. I, I don't know about what what you if it's been the same with you, but with night mode on the um, the twelve Pro, when I first got the twelve Pro, I, I was constantly taking low light shots with it. 
for about the first week and I've not touched it since at all. And as you know, I, I now take photos of pork pies and miniature dinosaurs. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't use my phone for anything else, really. Um, I think just going back to your question about the glass in, in terms of the, the lens, um, I think com- computational photography has got that good now that that kind of stuff doesn't really matter because you're still constrained by that very small case. So even if you had a few millimetres, you're not adding the kind of, you know, depth or, or, um, you know, uh, kind of distance from the sensor that you can do with a a proper piece of, you know, glass, a a proper lens for a DSLR. Um, So you're always going to be constrained by that by that distance anyway. Um, so computational photography is always going to take up the slack with that. And it's just so smart. I think they're more likely um, to, to, like you say, probably widen the aperture a bit. It will all be about low light. It, it always is really. Um, but I think there's been rumors as well that they're going to do something around um, computational uh, bokeh for you know, back, background blur for, for video, which would be quite smart. Um, mm. I mean, I, I, that that is quite interesting because there's a lot of people who um, are kind of getting into into YouTube and don't have expensive cameras, but they want that kind of you know proper camera look and feel with a bit of background blur and foreground blur. And uh, because the iPhone's such a good camera, um, it would just add that one thing that's missing, I think, for those people. Um, so that's if they do something like that, well, that's quite exciting. Actually. I wonder if it'll fix the lens flare. I don't know if you have, if you experienced oh, the lens the flare time. issue on the twelves. All the time, it's quite pronounced. Yep. So I wonder if maybe uh, the, these revised dimensions might reduce that somewhat. Possibly, I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, modern lenses aren't proper. Yeah, proper lenses aren't that big these days. Anyway, apart from Canon, who seem to just make those bigger and bigger. But you know, the, the Sony that I've got, the twenty-four mil um, Sony that I've, I've been using for my A roll, that's quite a small lens. Given that it's a, I think one point two uh, aperture. Because generally, the, big, the bigger the aperture, the bigger the lens. Um, it's tiny, really. If if they do this sort of stuff with, like I say, with bokeh for video, that that would get my interest up a little bit. I wouldn't use it personally, but I think it's good, it's very good for. There's a, there's a big market out there for that sort of stuff. Um, astrophotography, if that is the case, again, really cool. And I suppose with that kind of thing, it, what, what will be more important is the way they're achieving that. So, like you say, d- does it relate to? Um, a bigger sensor size, better, you know, better ISO sensitivity and that kind of stuff, which would then in turn benefit photos overall. So, yeah, I still can't get excited about it, Rob. That, that's the problem. And I, I'm, the only thing I'm quite looking forward to is getting the the regular iPhone 13 um, just to get a nicer colour. <laughs> that's that's yeah. it. Yeah, so, I, mean, so I, mean, I, I got a Pro. I wasn't going to get a 12 at all. And I got the ridiculous deal on the 12 pro yep. and uh mrs rob has got a regular iphone and they are indistinguishable and i actually i prefer the lighter weight mm-hmm. and the matte finish on the sides yep so if i were going to get one and i don't think i will but if i do i would also get a standard one i don't i don't need dolby vision hdr i never use the third lens no. um yeah I, I think i think just the regular one is is enough for most people, most of the time, I think you don't have a very specific reason to get the pro. Yeah, I agree. Actually, it might be a promotion though. That's quite a. I do, I do enjoy the 120 hertz refresh rate on the iPad Pro. So yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. Isn't it? I, I think again, I've had the experience of going from promotion on the iPad Pro to the non-promotion on the iPad Air 4, and it is a bit jarring at first. Um, it still is to a degree occasionally, but um, 
you don't miss it after a while, I don't think. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's probably one of the one of the rumors about the pro that is a little bit tempting, but it still won't tempt me. I'm I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns and, and get the the regular one, um, just because I think it's important to experience that anyway from my perspective. Yeah, I think I think the the weight, the lighter weight, is more important than a higher refresh rate display, and there's probably some uh, battery life. If you've got a high refresh rate display, although if it's if it's LTPO like the watch, because they can they've got that custom display controller in the watches now, haven't they? That can mm. reduce the refresh rate to you know, one frame a second if necessary to preserve battery life. If they're doing that, then I guess maybe it won't have a detrimental effect on the battery life. But yeah, I, I would be be interesting to see. I know it's not your bag; you don't sort of get involved with that sort of stuff. But your, your Max Techs and those sort of guys—I yeah. imagine they will be doing in-depth battery tests. And I wouldn't be surprised if the regular twelve lasts longer than the Pro. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, although Apple, Apple are one of those companies. They they don't tend to release something if it negatively impacts battery life. Uh, generally speaking i know that there, there are exceptions to that rule but if you look at the ipad for example that has always maintained its battery life hasn't it that that always seems to have been their kind of um their standard they, they, they want to maintain that and I, I guess that's part of the reason they're so late to the party with with high re- refresh rate iphones because yeah because it's going to impact the battery life as as we've seen on on different devices on other manufacturers but the apple watch rob what what, what do you think about that the apple watch 7 if that's what it's called you're gonna get one um well so all the rumours suggest that it's going to have flat edges. So that's that, that's that's the world we live in now. Is that everything essentially looks like an iPad Pro? Because that's the first device that introduced this yep. thin bezel, no um, no touch ID, flat edge design. And now the iMac looks like a big iPad, and the iPhone looks like a small iPad, and now the Apple Watch is going to look like a tiny iPad. Apparently, yep. So I'm vaguely concerned that with the square edges, I how I'm I'm sure that my watch band collection will be compatible in so much as I'll be able to use them. How whether or not it sits as nicely as it does currently, I'm not sure with this no. flat edge mm-hmm. design. Do you, do you know what I mean? It kind yeah. of might. I I don't know if you've ever seen a photo of an apple watch that's got a 40 millimeter strap on a bigger body no i haven't no i wonder if it's going to look a little bit like that so basically where you've got the if you've got a strap from a smaller apple watch on the big apple watch it doesn't quite extend to the edges you kind of got a bit of a gap either side Right, okay. and for someone as yep. OCD as me, that's going to really do my head in. So, as, yeah, I've, I, as you know, I've got a, I've got an Apple Watch band problem, and I'll be yes. pretty annoyed if they don't sit right in the new one. I'm, uh, I, I think there would be outrage. I think you're if, right if they don't fit perfectly. Yeah, I think there'd be outrage amongst people like yourself who are, like you say, pretty uh, keen on getting that sort of stuff right, but. I don't. I think We're not as rare as you might think. There's actually there's an app <laughs> called Bandbrite. So B A N D B R E I T E. Stick a link in the in the description. But that is a database of every single Apple Watch band released. And you there's like a collection feature, so you can look through uh, and you know keep a, a record of all the Apple Watch bands you've got. And that app wouldn't exist if there wasn't an audience for it. So 
I, I'm not. I'm not as weird as you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. Is it a club? Do you have to. Do you have to sign up and join as well. Do you get like a, a membership card? I think yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I I don't think I've ever paid anything or signed up for anything. It's all sort of <laughs> self-contained within the app. But I think you can sign up for an account, and there are sort of uh, social things you can do with it. I haven't got involved with that. I don't have any Apple Watch band friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, let's see what happens next week. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be... Is it going to be interesting? Hopefully, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it live on the Discord server and then obviously we'll, we'll reconvene on, on, the, on the podcast afterwards. Um, the only thing I do know is that I'm going to get less sleep next week, which is what always happens with a, when, any, when any Apple event takes place. It's always a bit of a, a bit of a mental week, but um, all good fun, obviously. Oh, I'm going to miss out on that because I'm on holiday yeah, next week. I know. This is the second event in a row. Was it, was it the last one? It was either the spring event it was the spring event I was, was, I was around I for wwdc but the, the spring event i was away as well so i missed out on all the the buzz and uh, caught up with it when i got back that's not a bad thing to do actually because you can at least wait for people to kind of get their thoughts in order a little bit because it, it is whenever these events happen when you're right in the middle of it because obviously as you know we, we have a, a good chat on discord about it but then from my perspective i'm obviously keeping an eye on twitter i'm making notes i'm thinking about the kind of content i've got to create afterwards and it's all a bit manic and you, in, invariably you find that two or three weeks afterwards you have different opinions anyway because you've had time to think about stuff and even get things in your hands you know so um, I think the fact that you're going to have time just to to step away from it isn't it isn't a bad thing yeah I do that a lot I see things on the events and I go like MagSafe when MagSafe was announced I was mm. like yeah good one <laughs> I love MagSafe now. I can't get enough of it. I've got MagSafe everything. All the chargers are MagSafe. I've got uh, I got the battery pack that we've discussed previously, and I love that. Um, and then when I got my Metal debit card, I uh, I had to get an Apple wallet as well, and I really like it. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all in on MagSafe. I think it's brilliant. I agree. I love the wallet. I'm I'm really happy with mine. My my Apple one. It's great. I mean, as uh, Justin on the on the Discord, he's got uh, he's got one of those fancy. Ridge wallets, you know the ones that are sort of metal, and you put it together with screws. Yeah, I think if I if I if I had one of those, I wouldn't have bothered with an Apple Watch because I think that's way cooler. Mm. But because I didn't have one of those, I still had a you know an old old school wallet, a fat wallet. Um, <laughs> it's it's really nice, and yeah, I've I haven't <laughs> I haven't actually used the, my you know you know I was all excited about getting a metal card. Yeah, haven't used it. Been trying to find an excuse to use it, but I, I just because I've got so into the habit of just paying for everything using Apple Pay on my watch, I kiss, I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting to to use it. So it was a complete waste of time, really. But it's a, it's a lovely thing. It is. I really like it. The thing I love the most about it is the you know when you when you take it off, it's got that kind of thumb area at the back where you put mm. your thumb in and you flick out the card i just i do i'm doing it now i do it all the time well i've got i've got an issue with that right so when the <laughs> when the uh when the card is in the wallet i like to have the f- the face of the card towards me mm. so when if you are using your thumb to push your card out well then it comes out and you just see the magnetic strip true yeah so i've i've got i haven't decided how i'm going to deal with this whether i'm just gonna put the put the card in backwards so to speak so that when i use my thumb to release the card i see the face when it comes out yep or uh just stop being a tat and, and, and deal with it i don't yeah i see what you mean i mean 
<sighs> the thing with mine is that I pretty much only use it for my gym card. Mm. It's the only one that I use it for, really, because I, I think we've, we've spoken about this before. Everything goes through Apple Pay now. I don't really need my credit card with me. I put it in my in here just, just in case, but I don't know what, what I'm expecting is going to happen, really. Um, so it's just really for my gym card, which I'm, I, I used to lose all the time, but I don't lose it now, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, I can see what – yeah, I, I just like it. I think it's great. It's It's, it's pretty expensive, and it's, you know – it can look a bit silly at times, but I really like it. I'm a big fan of MagSafe and the MagSafe wallet. Well, actually, one thing that is still silly is AirTags. I still I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, AirTags. So I've I've got how many have I got? Five, I think. I've forgotten what I've done with one of them. Um, I know that's <laughs> that's not an issue with AirTags. I could just find it if I wanted to, but I've got no interest in finding it. I've put it in something, but can't remember what it was. But um. The only benefit they've offered me, really, well, I say that it's, it hasn't really benefited benefited me yet, but is to locate my keys for the garage, which uh, quite a convoluted story. But I've, I've got two sets of keys basically: one set for my car and one set for when I go out on my, my on my bike. And um, it's the bike ones that I always lose, and they have like the, the door fob for the garage door and stuff. Um, ironically I haven't lost them since I put an air tag on them but at least I know that there is one on there um, I've got one in a bag which I always know where that bag is and it's quite a big bag so you know again utterly pointless um, as I say one of them I don't know what I've done with it it's somewhere I quite like the fact I don't know where it is it's a bit of a mystery so one day I'll find it And but um, I, d- I genuinely think Apple had to wait so long to release AirTags that they got bored of them, realised they had to release them anyway because there'd been so much noise created about it and so much development put into them. And I don't think they'll talk about them ever again. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. I don't think they'll remove them from sale. I think you'll always be able to buy AirTags, but there's not going to be an AirTags 2, I don't think. Um, I, uh, I, no, I disagree with that. I think um, I think it's, a, it's a, a, a halo product for the Find Mine infrastructure. What they really want is third-party manufacturers to pay them fees to be part of the Find My network. That, that's really what it's for, yeah. I think. So I think you'll probably, as time goes on, in a similarly slow fashion to things like HomeKit, where they've tried to do this before, I think you'll start seeing Find My built into other stuff. Mm. Possibly. Like, for example, the Apple TV remote. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, do you, do you use yes. it or do you use the phone? Because I most of the time, if I'm controlling my Apple TV, I will use the remote function on my phone. I only ever use the remote phone on me. Yeah, I only ever use the remote function if I'm typing something in, if I'm searching for something, because it obviously takes forever on the the, the the kind of official remote. But um, no, not really. I, I tend to use the remote. Yeah, nine times out of ten, if I'm just scrolling through and interacting with it. Um, but yeah, I just use the iPhone for typing stuff. Hmm. No, well, I, I've got uh, an RFID tag embedded in the arm of the sofa. Of course, so when yeah. I put my phone on it, it dims the lights, it closes the blinds, it turns the AV receiver on, it sets the, all the inputs correctly. So, and it, and it automatically brings up, this is via a shortcut, so you can mm. trigger shortcuts using an RFID tag. So, yeah, so when I'm done with work and done the dinner and, all that sort of stuff, and I want to sit down and I want to watch some TV. I just I put my phone on the arm of the sofa, and then it all 
is all set up ready for me to go and so yeah my as soon as i put my phone on the arm of the sofa it's it brings up the remote straight away so i think that's why i use it more than the actual remote because uh, it, it removes a step because uh, otherwise i'd have to go and find it yeah you know, the, the, the proper remote that is seriously cool. Have you ever had the problem, though, when someone comes around your house and inadvertently puts their own phone on that thing and, and turns it into night mode <laughs> the entire house? Well, no, because the, the, the shortcut runs locally on my phone, oh, okay, so right. it wouldn't trigger anything on anyone else's phone. Right, I'm with you. That is pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah, RFID tags are fun. Um, they're a bit hit and miss, so you can buy. There are all sorts of options available if you t- if you do it search on the amazons or whatever you'll see all kinds of wonky options and you can buy them in quantities of you know three ten fifty hundred whatever mm. but um i've i bought like a i can't remember the name of it but i i did my homework and i found this you know one that was recommended that seemed to work quite consistently with iphones okay and um about 50% of them don't work. Um, but what are the, 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 there's a company that I quite like their stuff. It's They're called SwitchBot. Have you seen SwitchBot? I haven't, no. So SwitchBot, they first appeared with, with a robot finger, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it's a little white box with a finger that uh, you can... Where's this going, um, Rob? Hey? Where's this going? Well, it, it, you, for, for, for things that aren't smart, so okay, things that don't right. have Bluetooth built in or don't have HomeKit or you know, Zigbee or whatever, and yeah. they're, they're, just, they're just dumb devices, but you want to make them smart and they've got a physical button that needs pressing, well, you can just stick one of these uh, switch bots on and press the button remotely from your phone. Okay. So that's what they started with. And then they, they introduced... Um, like thermometers, hygrometers, motion sensors, read switches for, for you know determining whether something is open or not. Yeah. Um, but just recently they've launched their own RFID tag, so I'm probably going to get some of those because uh, all of the SwitchBot stuff that I've had, and I've got mostly, I've got their curtain openers, in actual <laughs> fact. They've got like a retrofit cur- curtain opening um, product which sits on your curtain rail whether you know they've got various fittings so that you know, whether you've got like a, a a flat curtain rail or a a, a pole or whatever it will work but basically you've got these um, wirelessly controlled motorized gadgets that will open and close your curtains so i've got some of those but basically everything i've bought from switchbot has been good and so i trust that if they've come out with an rfid tag it's going to work so uh, or at least more reliably than the than the wonky ones that i have been getting but yeah. i'm a big fan of triggering stuff using rfid if you haven't tried it i'd uh, i'd look into it it's it's, it's just nice being able to plonk your phone down somewhere and have stuff happen and everything's all set up as you like it it makes you feel like Tony Stark as well, I'd imagine. It does. Yeah. I was going to call you Rob Stark, but obviously he's from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll get into HomeKit one day, Rob. I promise. Um, what have we got next on our, our list? We, we had a huge list, didn't we, which we, we had to kind of whittle down a little bit. but um, Which is un- unusual. Well, it, it, it wasn't there yesterday. So I, no. I went on a bit of a mission last night because, yeah, we realised that we didn't have any content to talk about today. And so I went on a, went on a bit of a... 
I went on a mad one. You did. He was, you so were yeah, the saviour. Talk about all of this stuff. It's not. There's not enough time. <laughs> you were the saviour of this episode. Well, let's pick out a few <laughs> things. Um, uh, one of them on here is I, I don't mind talking about it now. Is is the the new studio, which I, I mentioned briefly on my um, my newsletter list, and obviously I've talked about in the in the Discord server. But um, and again, I'm, I'm still I'm one of these people who I hate talking about things if they haven't been fully confirmed and I haven't signed something because I'm just a bit superstitious like that. But um, it is pretty much ninety nine point nine 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 percent there. Um, that I yeah. I'll, I'll be signing a lease on a on a studio space uh, in the next week or so. Well, that is super exciting. Why why have we wasted all of this time talking about iPhones? We could be talking <laughs> about your studio space. What what a milestone! It's yeah. Well, either a milestone or or a um, massive amount of stupidity. But we'll we'll soon find out. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hadn't really planned to do anything like this quite so soon. But I'm I'm a kind of a firm believer that if you think something's working and you can afford to do something, give it a go, basically. Um, and, you know, I've given myself, with, with this particular studio, I'll give myself 18 months on an 18-month lease. Uh, that's where the break clause is. And um, that's a bit of a goal to see how, how I can make it work in that time. Um, and if it all comes crashing down around my ears, I'll come back into this room and operate from the, from the bedroom again. But, um, yeah, it, it was something I couldn't really pass up. It was a... It, well, it, again, it's not not cheap but it's not um kind of break the bank and you know as you know this isn't the only thing i do so it's going to be my my kind of base for the for the business as a whole but actual office for that, other stuff as well yeah, so yeah. yeah so what what prompted the move I mean, are you concerned that it might affect your approachability because the fact that it is you currently host it out of your spare bedroom yeah it's kind of it's quite approachable i agree with that and i always remember that you said that the fact that I, yeah, behind me which is just a categorical mess most of the time particularly the um the, the windowsill is, is something that is actually quite a quite a nice thing to see I've, that's always been on my mind and um, that is just me really and i think it's important to keep that that element in there so i'm not going to try and turn it into a, like a, a mini mkbhd studio that's that's not really the, the goal with it i think you're what it, not, you're not going to get a floating trainer I, apart from that, I'm 100% doing that. <laughs> and I'm going to sell the house and buy a robot that that does video as well. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think it, it's two things, really. One of them is it's it's me saying to myself, look, this this appears to be working now. Um, you, you need to really go ahead and, and really push forward with it because there's a lot of, th- lot of things I want to do, not necessarily related to the channel, but you know, in terms of the brand as a whole, and it's a, I'm a bit constrained doing it where I am at the moment, um, and it's one of those weird things. You know, I, I've worked for myself for a long time, and I've, I've worked <clears throat> from either my bedroom or the kitchen side for for quite a few years now, and that that's definitely has its upsides, but it does have quite a few downsides as well. And um, I briefly had a a little office space about 18 months ago, um, which wasn't a studio, it was just a, an office space uh, in, in town near me. And I, I, the reason I did that was because I, I wanted that feeling of going to work again. Um, and it, it made quite a big difference, actually, to my mindset. Um, I don't know if you've, you've found this since, you know, obviously, I think I think you work from home mainly, don't you now? Or pretty much? I, well, I've, I've worked from home for years. So I, mean, so I work for a me, global then. telecommunications company, so I can be at my desk in inverted commas, wherever there's an internet connection. Um, and it's, a, it's an American company, and most of the people I work with in, in America, so my mm. hours are wonky. And, um, yeah, it, no one cares where I do the work as long as the work gets done. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand completely that um, it's tricky sometimes mm. to draw a distinction between what is work time and what is not work time, um, particularly if it's in your house. So I actually like to put on 
a shirt even though i'm working from home yeah just because it's kind of like a work uniform so i i physically put work on and then at the end of the day i i get changed into and in, into something more casual yeah so that's okay. how i manage it because i yeah i i so i've got a dedicated room where work happens and so I, you know, I won't go and work from the kitchen table or in bed or whatever. As I'm sure a lot of people who've worked from home have been tempted to do and probably have done. Um, it, it's, it, it's important, I think, to have a very clear boundary between your workspace and everywhere else. Yeah, it, it really is. I think you and I are the same in that respect. We, we've done this for many years, and I think it's um, that initial, um, I suppose, joy of working from home. It, and it's it's still a privileged thing to do, really. If you, if you've got, um, like you say, employers or contracts that it just doesn't matter when you get the work done or where you do it from. It's it's a nice. It's the freedom's fantastic. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I spent entire days in my pants as well. But as a rule, I like I like to put on. I like to put on a uniform and then take it off at the end of the day. What happens below the screen is no one's business, is it? Well, quite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, the, the other the reason I've done it is because kind of creatively this is gonna make me sound like a bit of an idiot a bit of a kind of you know lemmington type um creative type but um i am constrained with the, with what i can do in this room and it's very hard to get get across how small it is obviously on the channel it looks a lot bigger than it is because i'm using a relatively wide angle um, and cameras tend to make things look bigger than they are um, the space is bigger than they are and um it's a very small room and I love it. It means an awful lot to me because I've, I've built the channel, I've built the whole brand in here, and I can do, I can still do quite a lot with it. But um, I've got bigger ideas about things like B-roll and stuff that I want, I want to do. And there's only so much filming I, I can do around the house. And and to be completely honest, there's only so much filming filming I want to do around the house. Um, I, you know, I want to keep things, certain things private, um, and the mess that <laughs> in in the kitchen, for example, to to off the channel. But um. So yeah, it's it's just it just felt right to do it, really, Rob. It's just it, it, and it felt quite an exciting thing to do, um, and I, I think again, without bringing up the c word, I think with all this, all the stuff that's happened over the last however long it is now, eighteen months, um, it does make you realise that life is pretty short, actually. And I've always been the believer that you just try things. Um, I'd much rather do that than look back and think why didn't I try it. So yeah, that's that's the reason, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? Because you're up to what thirty two thousand subscribers yeah. now. You had like two and a half million views. Yeah, you know, getting interviews with high profile developers. It's all exciting stuff, isn't it? And you've done yeah. that all in just over a year. I mean, what what made you start? Um, I've I've wanted to do it for a long time. I really have, um, but. I think, it, again, it was just the fact that last year we all had a bit more time on our hands and the excuses I had for not starting the channel were getting a bit daft, really. Um, you can always find time to do things and that was my biggest thing. It was, oh, I haven't got the time to do it. I thought, well, make the time. So I, I did, I made the time and, and went for it, basically. Um, but no, I, I didn't think it would grow this quickly at all. Um, I mean, I, I, funnily enough, I had a 10-year plan to make it a, a going business. That was how unconfident i was that it was going to be um able to take off pretty quickly and but it, it has yeah i mean it's still very early days rob I mean, don't get me wrong it's not as though um you know I, I i don't take away anything that's happened and i feel very kind of privileged to have that that size audience um but it's it's still it's still early days really i'm still learning an awful lot um but it's a hell of a ride it's incredible and, and the one password thing is such a good example of these opportunities that, that kind of put themselves in front of you and 
they it's, it, it, it's still what a taken cool by thing to be involved with. Yeah, yeah. Just one article. I wrote about this recently, and um, that morning that I wrote that one password article, I had no, I just had no inspiration for anything else at all. One of those mornings where I just could not be bothered, um, but happened to know that you guys were very sort of vocal about that on the on the server, on the Discord server. So I thought, okay, I'll write a little opinion piece on it, sit on the fence, and see what happens. And genuinely pulled it out of my ass. You know, that's a quite <laughs> common phrase for people that write blogs. Um, sometimes you. you do do that and quite often those ones that you pull out your ass do the best because i think mm. you, you don't plan them really and then you just write and i do that with most of my content but particularly that one i, I remember sitting down it did take me about 40 minutes to write and yeah, for 45 50 minutes to publish completely so it didn't take long at all but for whatever reason it worked um, i think to date it's had 104,000 views on medium and like you say it kind of then spilled over into one password themselves uh, behind the scenes i am talking to them about a few things now which are quite exciting which i can't mention but hopefully they'll they'll come off um and yeah it's just it still fascinates me how all this stuff works you know people always ask me how, how do you well the first thing they always say is how do you make money then or you know, how do you get all that stuff for free and they're, they're the first questions but when you start explaining to them how how kind of content itself um proliferates through the internet and you know the things that trigger certain views and all the chain reactions that happen to make something go viral for example it's i still find it absolutely fascinating um the fact that we're doing this now the, the only reason we're having this conversation this podcast is because last year i decided to create a youtube channel and um <laughs> and again i don't really hold much um responsibility for how the discord server has built because you guys have been far more active on it than i have and it's just built into this wonderful little community but again weirdly and i do find this weird it wouldn't have started if i hadn't started the youtube channel that's just odd really really, really weird it is it's, it's funny how things work out well i mean i when you asked if i was up for doing a podcast and i was like what <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've, I've never been a front of house kind of guy and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. He was very reassuring and just like, just don't worry about it. Just come on, we'll, we'll talk about tech. It'll be fine. And uh, well, I'm enjoying it. I hope other people are as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been it's been uh, it's, it's it's been a fun. I'm I'm excited to have been a, a small part of your your journey. No, it's it's brilliant. I, I think, like I said, from yeah, as you say, from the start, I said just just enjoy it really, and um, I think people are enjoying. The, well, I hope they're enjoying the podcast. It, it gets plenty of downloads each week at the moment, and we're, um, we're, we're coming up to five thousand. I think we are, yeah. And we don't take any traditional podcast approaches really. We don't ask for reviews, and although if you want to review us and give us a five star rating, please do. Um, <laughs> but we we don't really tend to do any of that at the moment, and obviously we're not sponsored or anything at the moment, and. It, it is just a chat between two blokes who like tech. And uh, again, I, I think there's an audience for everything. There's an audience for, you know, the kind of a lot of the, the American and Canadian uh, YouTubers um, that aren't always the cup of tea for people over here uh, and vice versa. You know, there's for people like us, just a couple of normal British guys. Um, it, 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 there's definitely an audience out there. And I, I didn't realise that, to be completely honest honest I, I didn't realize there was a, a any kind of audience for for this kind of thing yeah. and then you realize there is um and it's not always in the uk yeah. either there's, there's a lot of people for example for instance over in yeah, uh, kind of far east uh that, that love this sort of stuff and, and love like the british take on on tech and yeah it's just it's fascinating isn't it i think i said when i so when i when i first sort of 
discovered you and I came on the Discord server, I mean, I pointed out that the thing that's appealing about you is that you've you've got this sort of everyman, um, relatable persona, which is because yeah, the, the, it's a it's a pretty not congested in terms of the tech space on yeah on here. I think congested. saturated it is saturated yeah so the, t- the tech YouTuber space is pretty saturated, mm. but it's all a bit too techy. So you got your 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 granddaddy of tech channels, your your, your Linuses and your your MKBHDs and so forth, and then and and Rene Rene Ritchie, mm. just amazing guy. Yep, but he's he's impenetrable <laughs> in in his delivery. I find, um, and you know, then you've, you, you, yeah, they're, they're, so there are, there are loads of these guys out there producing really amazing content, and mm. I, I you know I follow lots of them and I enjoy it. And I stumbled across you and it's like, well, this is fresh and exciting because you're not doing all these deep dive technical explanations. Like, well, how does it make me feel to use this? How does it benefit me on a daily basis? Which you not, you don't, you don't really get that anywhere else. No. I, or at least not, not the people that I've, I've followed. So, I mean, I follow various channels for different reasons. Like I really like iPhone do. Yes. He's great. Just because his stuff is so, gorgeous to look at his production is yeah. unbelievable and he's really funny as well yeah um but i don't know that i don't know that he tells me quite what you do about the things that you review because yeah, you know it's all it's all very slick and polished and it's funny and yeah. um it's almost always a showcase for how you can use that technology to produce this amazing content that he does which no one else can do whereas you talk about the I, I run a business this is how i use this stuff to 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 you know earn a living and it, this is how it affects my life which is which is different to anything else out there i think yeah it's a balance isn't it i think it's nice to have that spread of um creators and commentators really because you know i'm quite a big fan of a guy called the tech chap i don't know do you, do you follow him on on youtube the british it guy sounds vaguely familiar He's, I think he's just gone past a million subscribers. Uh, he's been doing it for probably 10 years or so now. Um, he's younger than me. He's got more hair than me. Uh, but he's um, <laughs> but he's very, he's very very good when it comes to um, the sort of deeper technical benchmarks and, uh, you know, all that kind of, those sort of comparisons for both laptops and phones and what have you. And um, he's got a, a huge audience. And uh, although I don't, a, a lot of the stuff he, he kind of goes into is just, more than more than I need to know. Um, I do occasionally dip into his stuff just to get an idea of, of, of a few things that I might need to know. Um, and like you say, like iPhone do and Rene Ritchie, bless him, who um, it, I've got a lot of admiration for that guy. Um, he's I think he's one of the most knowledgeable YouTubers in in the Apple space that out there. I think his his depth of knowledge on everything Apple does is incredible. Um, I do have a bit of an issue with some of the partisan type elements of his of his content sometimes, but um, I think that's reduced a little bit since he left iMore, which is quite nice. Um, but again, he's got such a huge audience and people love him and. You can take certain things from his videos if you just get past some of the, <laughs> the long-winded intros. Um, I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not downplaying any of these guys because they're, they're 18 football pitches ahead of me and better than me. But um, I, I do think there's definitely something to be had from having a kind of foot in it in all of these guys. Just you know, kind of keeping a, a, an eye on them, and, and hopefully I've just added a little bit to that from from my perspective. 
Um, so what, what Kickstarter? You say you had a 10-year plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to really like YouTube to, like, be thinking on a t- on 10 years ago what, what was it that you were like you know what i want to do that what sparked it <laughs> i think the 10-year plan was more me saying this probably isn't going to work or if it does work it's going to take a long time and get to the point where you're you're middle-aged and you can start dropping other things that's probably the reason i did that but um what was it i don't know it's a combination of things a combination of, i suppose of me genuinely loving tech and i have done all my all my life and also i love creating video content um you know i've, I've, I've been a videographer for the last probably three or four years that's been uh, until recently obviously um, been a way that I've part of the way I've made money um, and uh, yeah I don't know I, I, I just quite like the idea of helping people sounds a bit um, I don't know a bit grand but it, I, I do like the idea of offering some advice that will genuinely help people make purchasing decisions um, it's very hard to put to give a concise answer for that Rob I'm not sure why I've started it, really. Um, <laughs> I just enjoy it. I enjoy... I think what the other thing is, I enjoy making stuff and not so much physical stuff. I'm not that kind of person, really, but I enjoy creating content. I've, you know, I've always you know, created my music, for, for example, since I was a little kid. Um, I like making things that I can either listen to or watch. And um, this is kind of the ultimate kind of, I suppose, combination of those skills that I've picked up over the years. So everything I do on the channel is either... It's all, it's all from me, but it's you know it's audio stuff. It's you know the video side of things. Um, it's the storytelling, which is a big part of what I do in, in marketing. So it's kind of all those combination of things I've kind of glued together and made this brand out of it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that helps the answer. But it's pretty much the reason I'm doing it. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good answer. I I, I don't know why we haven't covered this before. Really talking about all this other nonsense. No one cares what I think. They want to know. <laughs> oh, they do, Rob. What you're doing? They really care what you're doing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah so I think hopefully I mean uh, fingers crossed I, I should have the keys to the studio in the next four weeks or so um, I think the idea really is to be in there by by October and yeah we'll go from there one thing that is going to be interesting actually with the studio I, I spent a day there um, early this week just to move a couple of things in and just to get a feel for the place because it's very difficult to do that when you just look around there with a with a, you know, with a, kind of a, a letting agent and um it's the space is fantastic. The location's great in terms of you know five minute bike ride from my house. Um, the only slight issue is that it's got quite a, a noisy road out the front, and out the back oh. it's got a couple. Well, actually one one industrial unit. Um, I, I can't actually say what they do. There's two reasons I can't say what they do. One, I'll tell I'll tell you off off the call. Um, but the reason I won't do it on the call is because uh, the, the stuff they make isn't really suitable for um, general consumption. In terms, if you if you've got kids listening, uh, but also right. it might reveal where where the studio is, which I'm not keen on either. Uh, but I will tell you after the recording. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, to cut a long story short, there's quite a lot of noise on either side of the studio, um, and the studio itself is like a kind of old wharf building that's been converted so it's a lovely you know big thick walls and what have you and the windows are pretty good but they're not good enough to to cut out that that out uh, external noise so that did take me by surprise a little bit on on monday when i was there um so i've got a bit of soundproofing to do which isn't impossible and uh, there's some fairly simple ways to do it um but yeah that's there's all these little things you you, you kind of um you have to deal with when you when you start to move into more dedicated spaces unless you've got a huge budget which i haven't um you do have to make compromises so that's gonna be a laugh trying to cut out the the banging from the one side and the the car noises from the other yeah well looking forward to the 
the moving in tour yes. video. Lots of time lapse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Um, what? Let's, let's let's wrap up with one of the last things we've got on here. The one that I want to pick out. <clears throat> excuse me. May not be the one that you want to pick out, but um, I, I can't not mention it. Which is the 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 Zucker bands. Oh yeah. What, what's all that about? I I kind of purposefully haven't read into this because it scares me rigid. Um, but from what I understand, it's a pair of Ray Bands that have been bit, kind of created in conjunction with Facebook and which have cameras in them. I think. Yeah, I mean, this is only the Facebook's version of the Snap spectacles. Snap, yeah. So this isn't a new thing at all, is it? So no. Snapchat tried to do this a while ago. And uh, even to the point of you could get uh, they they installed vending machines. Do you remember this? No, Snapchat. You could go. They they installed these vending machines where you could go and pick up a set of uh, Snapchat glasses. I did not know that. Snapchats on uh, on these glasses with with cameras in. So yeah, so so it's been done before. Yes, but yeah, Facebook have quite cleverly teamed up with a you know a, a known premium brand. Ray-Ban, and that's quite a brave move on the part of Ray-Ban to get involved with a company as uh, with a, as, as sketchy a past as as Facebook has. So I don't know. There, there must have been some very interesting conversations. I guess maybe they're they're thinking, well, in ten years' time, all all sunglasses will be smart sunglasses, and we need to get in there first. Maybe it's there they're going for the first mover advantage, even if it means getting into bed with Facebook. Yeah, possibly. So interesting to know their strategy there. It is, yeah. Although more interesting to me is the bullet point we've got beneath this, which says Rob's Facebook portal story. So I think before we wrap up, I think we need to hear what that is. Facebook have released various hardware products, haven't they? So they bought mm. Oculus. Yep. So they've, they've got, they've, they would have you know, inherited all of the experience of that, which is a really advanced, complicated piece of technology, the, the, the Oculus VR headset. Um, and they... During, during the pandemic, they've been very successful with their portal devices. So their, their portal devices are like a smart home speaker with a screen that um, I sort of popularise. You know, like um, on, on the new iPads now, you've got the centre stage feature where the camera sort of automatically tracks you yeah. and pans to make you fill the, the frame so that you can move around and yeah. do stuff while you're talking and, it, and you'll always be perfectly framed. The first time I saw that was on the Facebook portal. Okay. Sort of one of their big selling points was that um, you know you can have a much more natural. You're not sitting rigid, making sure you're in focus and in, in the in the shot. You can have a fluid, natural conversation with one or more people, um, and you'll always be perfectly framed, perfectly in focus where, wherever you are in the shot. And it's it's good. I, so I got some because you know it was difficult to keep up with people, and um, we 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 had various issues with. Because there are any number of video conferencing solutions. Obviously, everything's blown up massively over the last eighteen months. But even before that, there, you you had various options like your FaceTimes and your Zooms and all, all the rest of it. There, there's, there's no shortage of video chat, and it's never really taken off before. But it's kind of become um, as 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 normal as a phone call or a text message now, hasn't it? The, yeah. the notion of, of video calling and it, it's never really kicked, taken off to quite such a degree mm. previously. It's only through necessity that people have got into the habit of using it. But, I mean, in, in my family, we've got a... We're not... Unfortunately, despite my best efforts, they're not all drinking the apple Kool-Aid. So, you know, FaceTime 
which would have been an ideal solution. It wasn't an option because some people are on Android, some people, especially these sort of older generations, just don't really, you know, have a have a cheapy Android that's not really up to the task of video conferencing, and 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 they wouldn't know how to set it up and it would just be complicated and then because they've got the cheaper devices the battery runs out too quickly and it it just wasn't working so i'd look around for an easily deployable easy to use you know grandma friendly video conferencing solution and uh, facebook portal seemed to be the least worst option out there so i was not happy at all about inviting mark zuckerberg into my living room so (laughs) most of us have got uh, portal tvs so that that's like a little uh, you know webcam essentially that sits on top of your tv and then uses your tv as the display and they've got a number of other devices ones that look like picture frames that you can just you know have on a mantelpiece or a side table or whatever and they've also got like an echo show slash nest hub style smart speaker two sizes in fact one that's got like a, a sensible screen and then one that's got a whacking great big 15 inch touch display which is a you know very impressive piece of kit but where i don't have anywhere to keep that because any surface that could currently house something like that has already got an echo on it mm. so what i wanted was an uh, an easy to use video conferencing solution that could be uh that would sit unobtrusively on a television so we all got these portal TVs, and I can't fault it. The hardware is top notch. Um, you know, when it arrived, the packaging was was really up there. It was sort of Apple level packaging, um, uh, and it, it works. Hmm. It's really good. You can hook it up to Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or Zoom, um, and it's it's really nice. Apart from the fact that you've got to have it linked up to a Facebook or a WhatsApp account. Yeah. So the notion of uh, inviting Mark Zuckerberg to sit on my face is not one I find appealing <laughs> in the slightest. So it's it's not a product for me, but I'm pretty sure that it will it will do what it says it does. I wonder if we'll get away with that as a show title. I'm just thinking if that's done. <laughs> I really want to use that. That's going to be an interesting decision, isn't it? <laughs> Might have to tick the um, parental advisory <laughs> during the upload. Um, yeah, I don't because yeah. yeah, I'm kind of I'm intrigued, and the, the thing is, is that I've already got a Facebook connected video device. So what? You're in what already. Make getting you, a, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm already in, and uh, yeah, begrudgingly, I don't I don't like it, but it has meant that I've been able to keep in touch with family in a much more convenient way than I would have done otherwise. It's it's it has been probably one of the best things that I've bought over the course of the pandemic. Although actually I bought them just before it became clear that this was going to go on for a while. So because they launched Portal a year or so before the pandemic kicked off, they couldn't give them away. No, no. So I, I, got, uh, I got a bunch of them on like a two-for-one deal on Amazon. Okay. So they're, they're literally you were buying one at an already discounted price <laughs> and getting another one. Um, and then the, the pandemic kicked in and they went right up to full retail price they were very difficult to get hold of anywhere um and the you know the scalpers were selling them at premium on ebay and all, all sorts of things but um yeah genuinely good product and i'm i'm sure that these these ray-bans are top notch they will although i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna try and get these um images out of my head now that you just give me about zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> sleep well tonight um yeah, I think we're done, Rob, aren't we? That's um, we've, we've that's the longest podcast so far, I think. Hopefully, 
everyone's enjoyed it and got this far. But um, next time, after your, after your holiday, we'll, we'll catch up on the on the amazing iPhone event that's going to happen next week, and um, we can compare Zucker Zucker bands. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> catch you next time. All right, see ya. Right before I forget, um, this isn't going in the podcast. If you you might want to turn on safe mode. If you search for a company called Fet. <laughs>